welcome to another episode of Nymphed Alumni. I'm Sam. I'm here with Biz and Alexi. And today we're going to be discussing some recent events, some news items, and some trends that we've noticed related to an overall creepy, uncanny, spooky horror vibe. This episode was spurred on by the release of the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, (laughs) which caused waves across the internet. (laughs) I've never played Five Nights at Freddy's, but I have watched some lore videos, and I did go see the movie with Josh Hutcherson. Hutcherson? Hutcherson. Josh Hutcherson, Mm -hmm. who I find very iconic. I I think he's like a a really unsung icon of of modern Hollywood. I agree. And there's also been trends like the Uncanny Valley makeup trend on TikTok and the Russian dancing lady on TikTok as well, which kind of harkens back to this very traditional internet moment that I think happened in the aughts where Creepypasta and X on 4chan and things like SCP Foundation were reigning as one of the top forms of media consumption in that Mm -hmm. time. I personally was a huge consumer of this type of media and participant. I actually, (laughs) funnily enough, in high school would write creepypastas and post them on Reddit. They were not very popular. They did not get a lot of likes or upvotes on there, but I was kind of fascinated by the creepypasta reddit and spent a lot of time on there for some reason like when i was far too old to be doing it i was like 16 like i should have been like <laughs> i should have been at the club smoking weed. <laughs> i should have been underage drinking doing, at this doing point blow. <laughs> i know but no i was like in my bedroom writing creepypastas so really it's good. like a cringe a cringe fact of my own lore were they good like no. We should sell them on Patreon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been trying to get back into my old Reddit account, but I haven't been able to find because I think it's like the email I used was like a Yahoo email that I made in middle school and I mm-hmm. don't know how to get into that. So I don't know how to recover the password to my Reddit account. I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that it's lost forever. But if I do find them, I will as an act of goodwill <laughs> goodwill and humiliation and humble humbleness I'll, I'll post those on patreon if i'm able to dig those up but yeah uh what are you guys' thoughts on all of this uh i'm really fascinated by this genre of online content it feels very you know i'm sure millennials started it but it feels like gen z has like a crazy appetite for a very specific type of horror which seems really based on like a general psychologically unsettling vibe as opposed to anything supernatural or based on like physical harm or violence or blood like I think that it seems like it's going to define our our generation and it's also just such a fascinating study of like internet culture like this type of stuff that's often made to seem real and it's like kind of reality bending and inspires this like iceberg style consumption of media but FNAF especially (laughs) Five Nights at Freddy's like I don't know why I think it's like so funny but I'm definitely really interested in like the vibe of like kid themed horror 
which is like such a trope, but like music box instrumentation, clowns and lullabies and nursery rhymes and just like how the creepy childhood essence is everywhere these days. Well, I think interestingly, specifically with FNAF after watching the movie and consuming some of the lore, the narrative itself feels very Victorian to me. I think there's a Victorian connection here with the children's horror. Obviously, there's a lot of children's horror literature in the Victorian age, but the story of FNAF, and this is obviously an extremely watered-down version of this. It, it gets so complex, but generally it's about this genius driven mad by competition and tragedy, and he imbues these automatons with this like perverted essence of life, and these automatons terrorize the children <laughs> and the working class. Not the working class. <laughs> yes. And so I feel like if I was in Victorian literature class, the professor would read this tale as like a commentary on the trials of rising industrialism and its corrupting effects on work and the innocence of nature. And I think tales of technological horror often contain childlike themes because children are thematically paired with nature. Children mm-hmm. possess a quality of heightened sensory experience like William Blake and other romantics often noted and have not yet reached a state of social conditioning that properly integrates them into civilization. Whoa. Wow. You're mine. Yeah. <laughs> when I, when I this, it's like, this is the most Sam notes I've ever seen. Yeah. This is, You're literally um, a FNAF theorist. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a FNAF theorist. I'm putting my English literature degree to work right now. Um, but yeah, there's this short story by Clementine Black from the Victorian age called The Troubles of the Automaton, which really reminded oh, me of interesting. Yeah, it reminded me of FNAF a little bit. And I will link it in the bio. It's quite short. The New York Times has it published. You know, it, it's it's good stuff if you like Victorian literature. Um, but it's about this famous chess playing automaton based on a real famous chess playing automaton. But in the story, it's secretly operated by an aspiring artist named Sidney Bannerman. And Sydney operates the machine from within this the machine. There's like a hollow box inside of it and he's playing chess inside of it, you know? And I feel like that element is really important. Not only because that's kind of how automatons from FNAF are operated, albeit by the corpse ghosts of children, like in the story of FNAF, the serial killer traps the corpses of children inside the automatons and the automatons become operated by the dead children. And it's like a weird ghost thing. But this sort of operation from within it quality, I feel like reveals this sort of misunderstanding that people have often about technological horror. Like in the Victorian age, these terrible tales of technology taking over the world, quote unquote, are primarily concerned with technology consuming us, not replacing us as many AI fear mongers believe, you know, they're paranoid about you know ai taking over and replacing all of these jobs and such and such but i think like the real terror is the technology kind of consuming us and trapping us inside of it and so i feel like fnaf is this tale of technology consuming our youth which is really ironic because i think uh, fnaf is this video game that consumed the childhoods of many gen-, gen z kids so yeah that's the victorian connection i find it really interesting yeah it's also such a classic Victorian vibe or just like folk horror vibe that like children are lured into something (laughs) you know I feel like every like folk horror tale that I remember from my childhood like in Trinidad it has to do with like kids going missing in the woods and it's like I think people just made up these 
creatures to explain like early childhood death or something or like unexplained mysteries but it does seem like a tale as old as time yeah i think the themes of corrupting the corruption of purity can be really terrifying Mm -hmm. there's like all these themes that are paired with children's horror like hunger is a theme i think is often employed you know abandonment FNAF is particularly really scary because serial killers, like for kids, when I'm thinking of like kid-friendly horror media, I think ghosts, I think monsters, but a serial, a children's serial killer is like definitely a little twisted, a little too twisted, I think. Wait, is he like, is he, is a serial killer, a serial killer who just kills kids? Is that what the identity is? Okay. And in the movie, he also is terrorizing josh hutcherson who is like the security guard for fnaf or yeah. freddie fazbear's pizzeria <laughs> of course. And, and i feel like it was a really accurate portrayal of working class life too like fnaf was like the movie I, it was super accurate i think the clothing the houses that they lived in the people that they interacted with you know the the custody battles people kind of trying to get money from the government and that type of thing. Like, I think it was like a really classic and accurate portrayal of working class life. Like weirdly. Josh Hutcherson's like a good, he's a good cast for that because he is a handsome guy, but like you could definitely see him having a hard life at some point in a different life. Yeah. The thing is, is he doesn't give line cook. He gives busser specifically. (gasps) I was going to say he gives like target checkout. A little bit, but he's too he's too rough around the edges. I think you know? he gives like he works at like handyman store. Yeah, yeah. He works you at know? Home Depot. Yeah. Ace like, hardware. Yeah, Ace Hardware, but it's not like the local one, it's like a chain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's not getting paid well. Yeah. Yeah. Security night security guard is like the epitome of like working class jobs. It's like you literally just have to be there and like hope nothing happens and mm-hmm. you kinda just wanna like go home. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, being terrorized as a night security guard is is everyone's. It's worst so nightmare. funny though, because I also think that speaking about Gen Z's particular, like I guess this being a media of the time, being a night security guard feels like Gen Z's like dream job. Because like they they're always it's like, like how do I get videos? a job? Yeah. Why well, don't have to talk to anybody? Like that sort of thing. And, and it's really anything, that. Yeah, hmm. reminds me of Night at the Museum. It's like the dark version of that. Yeah, yeah. It's the dark version of Night at the Museum. It was, um, uh, when I went to go see it, I was, it was kind of a humiliating experience because I went by myself and it was a Friday night. So it was quite tragic, but I was the only person in the theater. What? Without a, without a no, without a child oh. accompanying me. And it was, the, the audience was interesting because it was a lot of single dads taking their kids to the movie. And so I think it was like the crowd was, divorced fathers picking up their kids for the weekend and taking them to a movie which I felt like was it just that the vibe of the crowd aligned with the vibe of the movie you know these like troubles Mm -hmm. of childhood which can often be gritty and you know I think it like kind of provides like an outlet for children who like FNAF video game playing provides an outlet for children who are experiencing chaos in the home or something I don't know I can't I can't I, I'm just that's speculation I I never played FNAF but 
I feel like maybe I would have enjoyed it. <laughs> I don't know. It's really based on jump scares, like old school style, like the car video esque, like ah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I did that like to the that camera, was, but <laughs> it was it was <laughs> they pop was up like a- in your face, like really, really fast with like black eyes and like glitching and shit. Yeah. No, and it could be very cathartic to be scared in that manner. That that scream that you just did was so accurate to the car. <laughs> I want to be a, a, a scream queen. Um, it was like the Wilhelm scream that you just did. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the Wilhelm scream. I love it so much. Uh, I want to make a song some, out of it. The jump scare thing reminds me of um, Jeff the Killer, who's also a creepypasta oh, yeah. icon. Who? who? Sorry. Jeff the Killer. Oh, Jeff the Killer, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I never encountered Jeff the Killer, like, during my, my youth, but I learned <laughs> about Jeff the Killer from reading the book I read about the Slenderman murder. Or not murder, well, attack. The girl didn't yeah. die. Um, and the girls were obsessed with Jeff the Killer as well. Yeah. I was really disturbed by the Slenderman attack because I consumed a lot of the same content that those girls did <laughs> yeah and I think that was kind of like a wake-up call for me because i was like man no dude this shit's dark like they were younger though like they were the perfect age to do something like that they were like 12 i think yeah they weren't 16 like I but was. i guess speaking of like they were they both like so I, I i didn't finish this book but i read a good bit of it and like a lot of this kind of store this the setup for it is the the author talking about how their parents just had so much on their plate. Like, they were often left alone mm-hmm. playing at home on the internet and doing weird stuff with each other. And, yeah, yeah it's all about, you know... It, it feels like a kind of bygone vibe. Like, I feel like a lot of that creepypasta stuff had that kind of, like, fourth wall break where a lot of it was about social contagion and, like, if you share this image, like, something will happen to you almost like the ring or something um mm-hmm. so i think that really freaked people out because it was like oh wait like maybe this stuff is actually like turning kids evil like momo for example like everyone was like oh like kids see this image and like claw their eyes out type of vibe which yeah seems like a bit outdated form of horror it's to me. kind of it's interesting because it's like yeah we don't have the people i guess have a higher level of media literacy now so they're not as susceptible to horror based hoaxes like email I email chains and stuff, email yeah. chains but now we still have it we just have it like with angel numbers and stuff like that it's like mm. oh don't ignore this if you repost this sound like <laughs> whatever you're manifesting will come true yeah. yeah but i don't see it as much with but i'm also not 13 yeah so i get Do you guys it. remember carmen winstead i feel like that was the last one 